You are listening to the Uncovered Canvas Podcast, and we'll be right with you. figured I wanted to give Hero a chance to really show off the things that he's working on because a lot of the episodes so far has been, you know, what I've been working on, some of the stuff that I've been checking out, developing and so on. And we haven't really had a chance to hear what Hero has done and some of the things that he was working on, some of his projects that we've kind of talked like kind of talked about in the past but haven't really gone in depth with more in right. passing. So Today, I wanted to play the part of the internet interviewer and really pick apart Hero's mind on one of his projects. Next week's episode is going to be on, on the second project that he's working on right now. So, Hero, we're going to get in the mood, of th- we're going to get in the groove of things, and we're really going to kick it into high gear. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. You like that moving groove thing. From yeah, Bronx. I really do. You know, you got to, ooh, got to get the grimace. It's the new Grimace shake. <laughs> yeah, gotta get, the, gotta get it going. <laughs> okay. Now, my first question is going to be, mm. Mr. Hero, I'm just a John Doe. I've never heard of this series before. Can you give me a pitch to really get me, give me an idea on why I should pick up this title? Well, what is this title, first of all? Oh, great. We haven't talked about right, it yet. Right, right, right. Oh. <laughs> Getting ahead of yourself there, oh, buddy. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm excited because I actually have a plan and everything. You know what I mean? Today, we're going to be talking about here was it uh, your first project i should say or how do we want to address it this- that's not necessarily my first project but uh, one of my later ones mm-hmm. my one of my only running comic projects that i'm working on it's called unhallowed or unhallowed king of the abyss this is hero's current ongoing title yes as ongoing as loosely applied as can be right uh because i kind of only work on it when i have free time or when i'm not doing other things that is making me money and I, th- it is my goal this year to try and get a volume out by the end of the year. Mm-hmm. And I have been working on it a little bit over the last couple of days, but we'll get into that. Right. So Unhallowed is, to give you a little bit of a pitch, it's a manga in a traditional Shonen Jump style, all right, with the, the artwork, the reading direction, that kind of thing, the vibe. And it's about kids who have varying ideas on what it means to be a hero. And as such are given a magical book that grants them any power of any demon that they want. But it also is like the book is like corrupted with evil. It's given to them by Satan, like the devil, right? Mm -hmm. And so it's like, it's kind of them exploring what it means to be heroic, what it means to be good, and what it means to be evil as they kind of navigate this holy war that's going on in the background between heaven and hell. Hmm, okay, okay. I see how this, I can understand that. So, can you give me a rundown of your main cast? Introduce me to them. Sure. You sound very interviewy, by the way, when you're when you're reading these. <laughs> you're putting on an accent. But yeah, so the main character, his name is Arkin Ham. To give a little context, I actually made this concept after receiving some criticism from a publisher in my past. Mm-hmm. 
And I was just kind of upset because they pitched the idea that they really wanted uh, people to submit original new ideas that they didn't have running in their magazine already. Right. But when I got a review or criticism from them, they expressed heavily that they wanted something that was exactly like everything else because it was easier to sell than something that was completely original. So I was very Mm -hmm. frustrated over the kind of mixed messages that I was getting. So I wanted to prove to them because they, they were not confident in my ability. I had no credentials to my name. This is like one of my first projects that I actually showed to the public. It wasn't the first thing I ever worked on, but it was one of the ones I showed to the public. And I had very little experience and stuff like that. But they were like, you can't do this because clearly I can tell based on your skill that you can't do this. And I was like, well, yeah, fuck you. So I I made something that included all of the classic tropes and archetypes and things of that nature that you would find in very popular manga, such as the rambunctious kid. There's a best friend. There's a girl character. There's lewd moments. There's action moments, some sort of conflict. The main character wants to be a heroic figure. It was like all, all like just going through. I had like a checklist in my head. I'm like checking it off, checking it off, checking it off. And uh, so Arkin is the kind of person who embodies a lot of these like shonen protagonist elements where he's like he's hot headed. He's ambitious. He cares about his friends. He cares about justice. He wants to be the world's greatest hero or the first hero. Etc. 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 Gave him the name Arkin Ham because I needed something really, really quickly because I was making this concept in less than forty-eight hours just be- to prove how easy it was. And so I made him, or I named him Arkin because his name. I wanted it to start with an A because I felt like A's were important, it, it, especially in the English language. Right, uh, A names—they're at the front of the line when it regards to stuff. A people tend to have very important roles, that kind of thing. And then I wanted something with like a, a punch in the middle of the name. So like a sound, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, Arken. So that's that's that. And then I was like, and then now he needs a last name. And Ham was the first thing that came to mind. There's <laughs> like a lot of a lot of thought or very little thought put in the first name, zero thought put into the last name. So yeah, he Arkenham, yeah, he's just that rambunctious kid. I also made him short because that was something that was like, you know, it's prevalent in a lot of shonen main characters is they tend to be rather short. Deku is shorter than most of his counterparts. Edward Elric is shorter than pretty much everybody in his series, et cetera, et cetera. You know, shortness is a very common thing for main characters. It, it gives them more of an underdog status, makes them less desirable as people, which makes them want to kind of like overcome that in their social standing Mm -hmm. right to prove that they're more than just their physical height naruto's also short he's the shortest person on team seven at least uh up until shippuden in which sakura becomes the shortest person but uh the the second character his best friend his name is zen morel Mm -hmm. yes it's very obvious name i wanted him to be the opposite of arkin who's very kind of loudmouth naruto-esque I wanted this guy to be kind of cool, chill, zen, right? So I was like, all right, his name is Zen. And then he's also very moral-centric. Arkin is not necessarily moral-centric. He just cares about black and white, what's right and what's wrong. While Zen cares more about the context in what right and wrong is applied, right? So it's like, if you kill somebody, that's wrong. But if you kill somebody in defense of somebody who's going to be killed, that's right, right? So that's like his, his philosophy here. It's like, how does it look in context? And how? And more importantly, how does it look to the people who are viewing that context? 
So he's because he's a very moral centric character. His last name is Moral. But I just like, oh, I can't just name him Moral. I need to name him something alternative. So now it's Morel. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like Captain Marvel versus Captain Marvel. <laughs> it's like, just change it a little bit, you know? So that's that's kind of where he's at. Um, Arkin also has a lot of black on his character design. So he's got a lot of like, uh, he's got black hair. He's kind of like white and boxy. He's got black cuffs on his sleeves. He's got black markings on his shirt, blah, blah, blah. So then it's the opposite of that. So his character design is very white, very, you know, holy, kind of centric, pure, whatever. He plays more of like the the more religiously aligned character out of the three. Or, you know, just religiously conscious, I guess. And so he uses that as kind of like a backing for all of his decision making. He's also tallest because Arkin is shortest. Mm-hmm. And he's also slender while Arkin is boxy. Right. So that's kind of like just making them opposite in every way, except for their ideals, where their ideals aren't necessarily opposite. It's not like Naruto and Sasuke, where one wants to be good and one wants to be evil and one wants to be respected and one wants power. You know, it's like not that far opposite. Instead, it's like they both want to be heroes, but they want to be heroes in different ways. So Arkin wants to be a hero no matter what, no matter whose opinion, whatever. He just wants to enact the part of hero. Zen wants to be a hero, but he wants to be a hero of the people. You know, somebody somebody respects. So if you think about it, it's like Zen is Superman and Arkin is Batman, right? Mm -hmm. So like that kind of opposite. And then the third character, her name is Alice Wonderlin. And the reason for her name is... Uh, I always thought Alice was a pretty fun, kind of sweet name. I wanted her to be relatively innocent looking, but very inquisitive. So I, I made her, named her Alice after Alice in Wonderland. And then her last name, Wonderlin, is just like a variation on that. Very simple, very quick, you know. I gave her the giant pigtails, uh, kind of like a, whatever her name is, Moegi, I think her name was, in Naruto. She has like these giant orange pigtails. Mm-hmm. Alice has the same deal, but... A variation on the design. Um, when I went to redesign all the characters the second time, I kind of redu- reduced them to basic shapes. It's like now all the characters have round heads, and Alice has very giant circular glasses, and her hair, she's got bangs that are in the shape of a triangle, and now her pigtails are also giant triangles with little tufts on the on the back end of them and that kind of thing so it's like all the characters have like a lot of straight lines or very basic shapes at the core of like how they look and stuff like that so her design is basically a mix of both zen and arkin because she's very much an in-between character Mm -hmm. where she has the admiration that arkin has where she wants to be a hero no matter what no matter the cost whatever but she's also not an idiot (laughs) so she's like (laughs) you know balancing between the two it's like well i'm not fully on zen side i'm not fully on arkin's side i'm kind of somewhere in the middle so she likes to look at things very logically like can i do this logically does this make sense logically that kind of thing well zen and arkin are very much like i don't give a shit this is how it's gonna happen Zen's also smarter than Arkin. Arkin's the dumbest person on his team because of course he is. But that doesn't make him a dumb person, which I really like as a character aspect. It's like, just because he doesn't think about things as deeply as the other characters doesn't mean he's an idiot. It's just, he just doesn't put in as much effort into that part of his life. So, but yeah, those are the three characters. Arkin, very rambunctious. You can think of him like Naruto. Zen, very um, kind of laid back, calm, clinical. You can think of him closer to 
like sigh from Naruto, mm-hmm. but with more emotion, right? I see. And then Alice, she's very inquisitive, very driven, very passionate, very smart. And you can think of her like <laughs> somebody else from Naruto. <laughs> there are no smart girls in Naruto, which is kind of, you know, disheartening. She's like 10-10, I guess. <laughs> I see. I see. Ten Ten would I guess Ten Ten is the smartest girl in Naruto because she's the only one to go into like a actual like brain centric, you know, job in Shippuden. She does a lot of investigation and espionage. Parents say they don't have a favorite child. Who's your favorite character to work on slash develop as the series? All of them. Oh really? I don't have a favorite character. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it, my philosophy when designing my characters and developing them is if I don't like the character, they're not going to be fun to write. So I have to like them first. So I like I try to make all my characters like likable in equal, of, you know, equal amounts, but for like different reasons. Mm-hmm. So like Arkin's fun to write because it's nice. It's kind of cathartic to have a character who just kind of does whatever. Right. And you got to you got to really remove yourself, especially for me, who's like a very logical, forward thinking person. I take a lot of cautionary action. So it's very difficult in my real life to just kind of go to the wind. But Arkin's very much a go to the wind type of character. So it's very cathartic for me to be able to think about that when writing him. It's like, how would I do this if I were a child in his shoes and I had no admonishings about like what I'm doing or, you know, who's affected and that kind of thing? What kind of decisions would I make? What would I prioritize? That kind of thing. So that's very fun. Zen's also very fun because he's the the most like me out of all the characters and so it's very easy to write him where it's just like i insert myself and i think about things like well this seems really fun but let's think about this in more of a logical perspective while you know determining whether or not this is right or wrong that kind of thing and like working from that angle alice is also relatively fun to write because she's the character who lets me get out all of the information and ask the proper questions and that kind of thing because she's a very inquisitive character so like Each character is like part of me in some way, but very different aspects. And they really balance each other out. They're all very fun to write together and all have their very distinct voices. So they're all, you know, I like them. I like them all equally. In addition to some of the side characters, like the teacher, Miss Pines, she's very fun because she's kind of like a a motherly or an older sisterly character. She's a very young teacher in her early 20s teaching at an L or a middle school. But she also shares a lot of like idealism as the other characters because she's young. So a lot of the older characters are kind of traditionalist. A lot of the younger characters are very idyllic. And so Miss Pines is one of these idyllic people because she's still relatively young compared to the rest of the teaching staff. There's also this character, Chris Hansen, who is the second villain of the story. She's the villain in chapters two through four, where she eventually turns good and joins the team and kind of gives a little insight on what's it like to be possessed by a demon and then have to face these guys in battle and that kind of thing. She's very interesting to write because she has kind of a mixed match. She doesn't really understand her own moral compass so she does things based on how she feels in the moment and what's best for her personally which is very interesting to throw into a mix of a bunch of selfless characters and have her along for the ride who's very selfish you know so they're all they're all good i like them all for varying reasons i see i see now on a more artistic side who's your favorite to draw i understand as a character wise Mm. everyone's your everyone is equal but if you had to choose one who is the most fun to draw, who would I you guess pick? Arkin. Arkin's the most fun to draw because he's got a visor and the visor's very fun. Mm-hmm. You know, and he's, he's very expressive. He's a very expressive person, uh, followed by Zen. Zen would be my second favorite to draw. 
Alice is pretty fun to draw, but she's got like, you know, three emotions. <laughs> it's like scared, determined, and inquisitive. Like those are her three her three emotions. So she's like like she's still fun to draw, but she out of the top three, she's the least uh, you know, she's number three. So Arkin first, Zen second, and Alice third. And in terms of design, like Zen is the one who took me the longest to design because I was trying to come up with like a look. Like Arkin was very easy because I just needed him to look like every Shonen main character ever. <laughs> so he's like, you know, he's got the spiky black hair. He's got the you know aggressive look. He's got a big mouth, blah, blah, blah. Very easy, very simple. He's got like the Hunter Hunter gone jacket, you know, it's like kind of boxy looking with the big cuffs. That kind of thing. Alice was also very simple to draw because I knew I wanted giant pigtails and giant glasses. And then the rest of it was just kind of puzzle piece picking. Zen was the hardest because I needed him to look as neutral as possible. I didn't want him to look like a main character, but I didn't want him to look like a background character. He needed to look like every single side character you've ever seen. And when I showed my brother the design I eventually settled on, he's like, wow, this looks like and like completely unprompted. He's like, it looks like the, the character that I've seen everywhere, but also nowhere. I'm like, damn, nailed that shit. But he did. He took me like four months to design to come up with. Oh, interesting. Now, yeah. as you're working on the series, what programs do you use? Clip Studio. Mm -hmm. uh, I use specifically Clip Studio Paint EX, uh, which is like the pro version for professionals. And I use that for basically everything exclusively. It's a very helpful manga-centric program. There are other alternatives like Metabang and stuff like that, but they all do things a little bit differently. Clip Studio is the one that I found is the most, or historically has been, like the most, I want to say, focused in terms of manga up until recently. So in the last couple of years, they've tried to include other types of comic making. So like Webtoon, they've done a lot of color related stuff, uh, you know, et cetera, et cetera. So originally it was built for like book making, but as different forms of comics have come out, they've tried to try and change and adapt. And it's been a rather difficult process for them. So it feels like three programs meshed into one mm -hmm. and everything's like hidden in menus and sub menus and unless you've been using it as long as i have you really wouldn't understand or you know how to use it so there are other programs that are kind of easier for that kind of thing right so like procreate is really nice because it has very minimalistic ui which is very easy to kind of jump into and then discover things on your own you don't have to worry too much about like what button does what or how do i start drawing on the canvas and blah 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 you know, it's like by default, you load in, you have a canvas, you have a slider or two, and then you can you can just draw, right? Because the pen is selected by default. And then you can figure out what other pens you want and that kind of thing. Set up your own profiles and defaults. Metabang is close to Clip Studio, but it has like less menus and less options. And it can't be used for as wide a range of things. So like Clip Studio is also what we use in the anime industry because it, the original program creators had, they originally did, what was it called? Redis. They did the Redis program suite, mm -hmm. um, which has been used in the anime industry since like the early 90s and has seldom changed. And you can see a lot of the original kind of like um, a lot of the tools and requirements and stuff like that built in the Clip Studio, especially in their animation stuff. So, but it is all Japanese focus. So if you're not doing manga, I guess like even if you're not doing manga, if you're doing regular comic work, it's got a lot of overlapping tools and stuff like that for the same deal. But just know that there's like some things that's strong in, some things that it's weak in, and some things that are kind of unintuitive that you have to figure out how to do. Like photo manipulation and certain effects and stuff like that, it's not very good at. You need Photoshop for that, but 
everything else was really good. To bring it back a bit, I've had the privilege of being able to watch you work live on one of your pages. What's the process like when you actually get a chance to work on the series? Um, well, it, it's kind of like in an evolutionary state right now. So historically, I would write a script for a chapter, usually as like a film script. So you would use like a, a script writing or screenwriting program like Celtics, Arc Studio, Kit Scenarists, that kind of thing. You would write around 10 pages or so because each page equals about two pages of manga give or take so if i'm going for 20 i want to write 10 pages of script and so i'll do that and then i will i guess first i will decide on an outline right even before that i'm working backwards <laughs> this is where i'll start at the very beginning right so i'll start with an idea or a theme that i want this particular story to be about and each chapter is like a new story more or less or a part of a story a greater story that you're telling so you want to start with an idea say i want to write a story about the main characters learning how to ride a bike for some sort of contest that's coming up right because i'm like i don't know for some reason i'm into bikes that week so i'll write an outline try to include a lot of the things that i want try to make sure it's a cohesive story with a beginning middle not an end because it's manga and you need what's called a twist so it's kito ten uh kisho ten kets which is the four act structure which consists of the introduction setup twist and conclusion as opposed to introduction setup and conclusion so for manga each chapter is actually the introduction setup and twist for the next chapter until you reach the end of an arc in which case then you can have the conclusion at the end of that arc and then you'll start a new arc and move on so i'll write the introduction setup and twist in outline form as like bullet points making sure that i'm aware of which characters i'm using who does what that kind of thing then i will translate that outline into a script and I will write about 10 pages of the script, make sure that I'm happy with all the dialogue, with all the action, make sure that everything is very clear so that when I move on to the storyboarding stage, I have to do as little thinking as possible, especially if it takes me a while between script writing and actually storyboarding, which is a problem that I'm facing with right now in chapter four is that because it's been like half a year to a year, I don't remember what I was thinking <laughs> during that time. And this was like a transitionary period where I, because I was working on Unhallowed a lot, I did a lot of thinking about it. So I didn't have to think about a script. I would write an outline and then I would skip the script, start working on the storyboard, and then do the script at the same time as the storyboard. However, because it's been about a year or so, since I've done the outline, I have the outline, but I don't remember what I was thinking or, you know, whatever for some of these parts. And so I'm trying to have to struggle and kind of realize like, damn, like I really had no idea what the fuck was going on. So it, it, for me, I would recommend writing like a script that you have with clear notes and direction and that kind of thing and figure that out in the script part so that when you get to the storyboarding, what you're figuring out instead of the story is page and panel compositions. So you have a better looking comic overall that's better written because you put more care in the pre-production of the comic than you do in the production of the comic, right? So you're not you're not pushing things off and being like, well, I'll figure it out later. And then when it comes down to it, you've got to figure something else out now. It's like, I don't have enough pages for this action to take place. It says here that she needs to do this, this, and this. And I don't have enough pages for that. And I only got one page and now i got to figure out how to do it in one page. And that's just a huge headache. So figure it out beforehand. But... So that's the process, right? You start with a, with an idea of the story that you want to tell with some themes, characters, whatever. Move it into script writing. Write about 10 pages of that for 20 pages of manga. 
move into storyboarding where you're taking the script and you're translating it to page focusing on things like page and panel composition and then you will ink and tone it and make sure all the sound effects and etc are all there and good to go and then it's ready for production you can export it and you can upload it to your favorite website or you can make sure that the printing settings are all good and then send it to your printer or whatever you choose to do interesting okay it's actually very insightful now here's a question so I may set the stage. Every hero, for every hero, there is an origin story. For every work, there is a beginning. Can you trace back the origins of the work and give us a timeline from when this idea first started to where it is now? Yeah, so back in, I want to say 2016-ish, I wanted the idea, because like, I don't know why, but I was like kind of examining a lot of the media that was out there, and I wondered why nobody made Satanist media, right? Things that were like, satanic or demon related or demon centric or that kind of thing like the closest thing i could ever come up with was spawn or like blade right where these characters are like have elements of the bad guy and then fight against the bad guy so i thought that was pretty pretty lackluster in the uh in the community or in in the entertainment industry right and especially in terms of shonen manga like death note it's like the only only thing and that's like a mystery thing where the main character is the bad guy and ultimately loses So I wanted to kind of create something that was like Naruto, like my hero, like, you know, those things. But it was from the opposing perspective. So like the main character is a hero for the bad guys. So that's kind of like where the original idea came from. I did some research into like the Bible and demonology and that kind of thing. And I stumbled across this figure known as Apollyon, which is his Greek name. I forget what he has like another name. But Apollyon was his uh, Greek name, and he was the Lord of the Abyss. He was supposed to be like some sort of supreme general of the, ar- the was it Hell's Army? Supreme general of Hell's Army. He was supposed to watch over the pit that is Hell. Yada, yada, yada. I thought this might be like a really, like, because I didn't want him to become the devil, right? Because it's like, that's stupid. That's really cliche. I hate that. Only in a shonen manga that becoming a politician is someone's dream. Right, exactly. So I wanted them to kind of become, uh, not necessarily dream of becoming this Apollyon figure, this loose head general or anything like that. But I wanted that to be like a coveted position that was like awarded to him because he wants to be a hero, right? So like all of these things that he ends up falling into are things that are given to him because they're not necessarily aligning with what he truly quote unquote wants. But uh, so I started with Apollyon as this concept. I was actually working from an older concept I called Cursed, which is about this kid who gets into this kind of happenstance situation where he's like, he's a good kid. He goes to a Catholic high school. He's uh, boarding there. It's from some super religious place in my head back then that happened to be Wales. <laughs> um, so in Europe, that happened to be Wales. So I uh, made him from Wales. He was a boarding school, some sort of Catholic high school. And then he got attacked by the Grim Reaper, who was like on some sort of mission, ended up cursing him. So now he's got like these demon powers. And then he's got to go on this whole like revenge kind of story and hunting down the grim reaper but finds out that it goes like way deeper because it's like intertwined with his family and his family's history and his uncle who died forever ago had a similar deal made with him and he's just the next in line of this lineage it was a whole thing i didn't write very much of it most of it i didn't actually have figured out 
but I did do seven pages of it before stopping. So when the time it came up for that publisher to, you know, who's like presenting, like, hey, I want something that I've never seen before. The flashback to, I've never seen this before in like shonen manga, blah, blah, blah. And so I did a sample. I did a new version of it called Apollyon, um, where it was more or less the same thing, still wasn't like fully thought out, and I didn't understand what the requirements were that they were asking of me. So the best I was able to do was create a scene that more or less explained everything that the story was about. The bad thing about that was, is that literally explained everything the story was about. It didn't do any showing whatsoever, and it was relatively kind of dry to read. Right, I wouldn't say necessarily boring, but it was dry because a lot of it was without context. Nothing was really happening. There was a couple of things at the end that happened really cool. But I came up with like some iconic characters that I wanted to use future on, whatever. I got that feedback from that publisher, got angry about it. Or not necessarily angry. I got frustrated about it because they were like, hey, I want you or I want people to submit things that we've never seen before. And then when you do that, they're like, I don't get this. I don't understand it. I don't like it. I want it like things that I've seen before. So I was like, fine, I'll give you something that's so much like the things you've seen before, but it's still tied to this concept that I'll show you like how easy it is. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up making this new thing called it Unhallowed because the publisher, the guy who's doing the review, couldn't read the name Apollyon, even though I feel like it's very phonetic. <laughs> like, it's like you just look at it and you're like, you break it down. It's got three parts. Apollyon. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was weird. But I changed it to Unhallowed because I felt like Unhallowed was easier to pronounce for that particular person. I ended up making the characters that I did because I wanted them related to things that were very popular and that I was very familiar with. I ended up creating an entirely original concept and doing 32 pages in storyboard in under 48 hours. That's insane. Yeah, but you shouldn't do that. <laughs> but I was, I was like, I had nothing going on. I was very driven. I was like, all right. And I was very familiar with the things that I was working on. So I did 32 pages in storyboard. So this wasn't finished or anything like that. So it was all storyboard. I still didn't have Zen's design. So he was a mannequin throughout the entire storyboard thing up until like I started working on it and inking it. And eventually I did decide on this design. Then I could actually design it, um, which I, I do still have the original storyboards around somewhere. But I do have them. So I, that's kind of like where it went. Eventually, like six months later, I did finish it. And I just kind of had it in my in my vault for a while. I met Inupen from Pulse Manga and I showed it to him. I forgot what the context was, but I showed it to him for whatever reason. I think he was asking if I had any one shots or anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, I got one. And so I showed it to him and he liked it a lot and ended up showing it over to Pulse. And then Pulse reached out to me and like, hey, this would be cool to do. And I decided to say, okay, because it gave me an excuse to work on it. Otherwise it was just gonna be sitting, you know, whatever just kind of on my computer for years and years and years, and I would never touch it again. So, but I took that opportunity to really expound upon the story of Unhallowed and the development of it, because it was still relatively basic, because I did it in such a short amount of time, gave very little thought to a lot of the things. I didn't have a lot of stuff to kind of work from, but it, I liked what was there. So I knew that I could keep what was there and expound upon it if I just did a bit of thinking about it and some research around it and deciding like why, like, you know, why are things happening? Why did he get this book? Why is he being chased 
been hunted by demons. Why this? Why that? You know, and like, what kind of powers does he have? That you know, blah blah blah. And how does this align with the themes of the story? And I end up working this all the way down, and uh, it's really given me a very kind of detailed, kind of like a detailed backlog or a detailed Wikipedia of uh, what Unhallowed is and. So, like, it makes it easier for me to write in the future. This is a Wikipedia I can reference and be like, right, I get it, I remember. Which I had to do recently when I started writing chapters again. Because mm-hmm. I haven't done chapters in oh, a little over six months. I needed that Wikipedia, so I bust that open, started reading through it, got reminded. I'm like, oh, right, the, you know, these are the characters, this is what they're like, this is what they believe in, this is how the system works, this is what I had planned going forward, yada, yada, yada. That's kind of like the journey is like, it's iteration upon iteration, changing it when you get feedback, whether it's constructive or deconstructive. You know, it's just like when you feel the necessity for whatever reason to change it, then you can. To piggyback off of the things you've said in that, you've also brought up Naruto a few times in comparison to the series as well. What series do you think you take a lot of inspiration from while you're working on this? Uh, two series in particular. I mentioned Naruto a lot uh, because that was like the original basis for the characters. But in terms of story writing and direction, I take inspiration from Soul Eater by Itsushio Kubo, Soul Eater by Itsushio Kubo, mm-hmm. and Tsubumomo by Yoshikado Hamada. Two interesting series. Yeah, so I, I take a lot of inspiration from those two in varying capacity. Like, um, Sugumomo, I find really interesting in the way that the pages are constructed. A lot of the panel looks. He uses Clip Studio as well, and so it's very easy to go to his YouTube channel and watch him stream every single day and just kind of pick things up as you're, like, watching him work, like, little techniques and stuff like that and be like, oh, I didn't know you could do that, or, you know, that kind of thing. So it's very interesting to kind of see how he works and how he thinks about pages, and every once in a while you get to see, like, a little bit of his script that he's written and how he busts that out into storyboards, etc., etc. And then... For Soul Eater, I do a lot of the kind of like character and interaction and a lot of the um, the ability system from that because I, I thought it was genius and I still do. I think it's genius to tie your ability system to the physical development of your characters. So like their emotional state, their maturity level, that kind of thing, like they get stronger, the better people they become. And I always thought that was like a really interesting kind of dynamic. So Things work differently in Unhallowed because the ability system isn't related to their like moral standing or anything like that. It's actually related to their convictions and their dedications to their own specific goals. It's very goal-oriented as opposed to personal development. Interesting, interesting. I see. Two very fun titles, I will admit. And seeing how these two titles come together on a, with a new perspective really brings out something unique for a brand new series. Mm. Throw a little curveball over here. A little too early to be asking something such as this, but if you were going to merchandise anything in the series, what would you like to see? So it's interesting that you brought that up because uh, merchandise was one of the primary things that went into the design. Uh, because that was one of the main criticisms that publishers had was that they didn't know how to merchandise anything that I had in my original pitch. So that was one of the things I wanted to focus focus on most when it came to this this project to unhallowed and i had a i have a buddy who's like in finance and used to work at hasbro and did a lot of product research and that kind of thing for like Yu-Gi-Oh and blah 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 and so i asked him for some advice and he let me know that it doesn't matter what about the story you know like other people will figure out like what will become 
merchandise and whatever. And it's my job just to make a good story. But he did give me a little bit of insight saying like, you know, like you can have objects or items that are easy to merchandise in the story as like accessories and stuff like that. And so that gave me a little bit of insight. And so that's kind of where the book came from. Because I thought like, even though books wouldn't necessarily be like merchandisable, you could at least like make notebooks out of it, right? Mm -hmm. You can have the same cover or something like that. It's like, oh, this was my unhallowed notebook at school. That kind of thing. I also gave all of the characters like crosses on their clothing so that you could those are like easily identifiable so you could merchandise parts of their clothing and you know that kind of thing uh as well as figures eventually i went on to do some some statue designs as if i had like a anime statue mm-hmm. and those are pretty cool i did two of them for the three main characters i needed to do the third one i just never got around to it and i had a little bit of an idea but i really like them they're pretty fun but those are some merchandising items um, that kind of went into it. it was like the main character's visor, the book, and then these statues. Suppose there's something bombastic that you can place on your wall and really show your support for the series. And you get to support the artist with some nice art. Yeah. What's the current game plan for the series now to bring this all back? Because I understand you haven't had a chance to really work on it. But when you get a chance to again, what's the game plan? The game plan right now is to do... To finish out the arc for the next character. So the first story, which is a 50-page, uh, I think a 55-page opening chapter regarding Arkin and like, you know, how he gets into the things that he gets into and whatever. The second arc is a three-chapter for two, three, and four. It's a three-chapter adventure for his sidekick, Alice, and a little bit of her backstory and her character and that kind of thing. And then the next chapter, or the next part is going to be like a four or five chapter arc regarding zen which is going to be like this real big mystery thing about a past relationship that he's had with a friend of his that kind of thing and so i want to finish that out and be able to kind of produce a volume hopefully with cat i would like to do a volume with her or afterwards or something like that but i would like to have one volume of unhallowed if i can make a profit off of that i can prove to myself this is a viable thing that people want and then that will justify working on or continuing to work on this thing at least on the sideline to make more money i also uh, working on the story justifies me being able to, or like gives me the ability to have story to work on like storyboards for my other desirable career, right? Animation storyboards and comics. So storyboarding, part of the part of the issue that I have is that I just don't have the available like material or anything like that to be able to do storyboards, which I could generate and make my own for the sake of doing storyboards and stuff like that. But it's, it's just easier for me to repurpose something that I'm already working on. Right. So I can take some of the chapters that I've already done for unhallowed. I can translate them into TV using the storyboard and then I can put them on my portfolio and hopefully get a job in that, in that respect, which I do need to do. So that'll be another thing to do over the next half a year. But those are my two goals for the remainder of the year is to write more chapters of unhallowed, do some, or translate some of those chapters into storyboard and then upload those to my portfolio. And hopefully that'll help me get a job in storyboarding a little bit better. It's a little exciting because storyboarding is kind of going on the up and up right now. It looks like, so it's been down for the last six months and getting a job in that kind of, in a, professional artistic field has been very difficult but it's starting to go the other direction it looks like so that's what i'm looking at that's great i'm happy to hear that for future releases i you just said that you want to release it as a completed volume but as you're producing more content later how do you think you will be releasing this as because multiple different areas 
have different ways to release it. Over in France, you have Bon Dessiné, released as tight, compact, possibly two-issue hardcovers. Over here in the States, we have trade paperbacks collecting a series of individual issues ranging from 1 to 10. Obviously, over in Japan, they have their serialization release in their magazines, where after so long, they compile the chapters within the magazine and release it as a tank. In the future, yeah. how do you want to release more of the content? Entirely depends on a number of factors, things like production speed, production quality, print availability, printing costs, that kind of thing. Ultimately, it's going to be self-published, right? Because there isn't a good kind of like market publisher available right now. I could pitch it to, to Image Comics or something like that, but I really don't think they would take a story like this. It just doesn't align with them. So I think, it, like... It depends on a number of things, but I think when it comes to like self-publishing and doing Kickstarters and things like that, I will make a decision at that time based on what's best available. So I'll probably do like some smaller issues, maybe one chapter, two chapter issues that are soft cover, maybe PDF releases. I'll definitely do Tonkoban releases once I have enough of those over time. But ultimately, it just it just depends. Right. Whatever works best for the artist is how we're able to actually get more of the material that we enjoy out. Exactly. And if I'm able to make enough to essentially pay for like an eight hour job over a certain number of weeks, then I can spend that time working on the next edition of the comic to continue that cycle. But I have to get there first. You had brought it up sporadically throughout this interview. Now, I'd like to ask, can you give us a rundown for the main story? of unhallowed sure yeah so the main story of unhallowed is that arkin is he like he wants to be a hero he's got his friends wrapped up in his little adventure and he got this evil book from the grim reaper and so it's like a lot of this stuff is kind of like happening around him that he's kind of reacting to but ultimately he's going to be forced out of his comfort zone which is the school environment that he goes to every day into the greater wider world he's going to have to go on a journey an adventure and he's going to have to ultimately face 12 other people maybe less if they fight each other, but up to 12 other people who all have identical abilities as him and their own motivations and that kind of thing. And each battle is going to be completely unique and teach him something about uh, the greater world and you know people and morality and how to be a hero and things like that before he ultimately moves on to confronting Satan in hell and rescuing his friend. Zen, who is conscripted into the armies of heaven at some point. So it's going to become a very much a, you know, the us versus them kind of situation where they're going to have to decide amongst each other who's right, who's wrong, what's good and what's evil. And uh, it's going to be a real big battle. It's going to be a giant, giant kind of thing at the end there. But that's the that's the overarching plot. Very simple. It's like, you know, Arkin, he's doing his little thing in school. Something happens to the school. He's forced to go out into the world and track down like other people, eventually getting some training and some new powers and that kind of thing and uh, kind of build himself up and learn more about himself and his decisions and how they impact other people. Effectively, uh, just kind of learn, learn what it means to be a hero, make some sacrifices, that kind of thing. That's true. That's true. I had asked earlier what series that you took inspiration from to develop this series artistically what would you say inspired what you're working on right now uh it's been a kind of mishmash of things uh Tsugumomo, soul eater unhallowed that kind of thing the way i draw noses for example is inspired by soul eater um it's very different though what else yeah it's just like it, it's just been 
part of my artistic journey, right? The things that I normally am inspired by, mm-hmm. which are the things I just listed, and then adapting them into my own kind of interpretations of those things. I'd also say that like doing some Pokemon designs, very simplistic kind of like shape-based designs are something that was also inspiring. So like proxy battle stories like uh, Metabots, Pokemon, Digimon, those kinds of things are also something that inspired kind of my current art style. Because I didn't want it like before I was like, all exclusively drawing teenagers and it was very difficult for me to draw anybody else of varying ages but when I got to Unhallowed I was starting to get really good at drawing children and because it was, they were children I wanted them to have very simple shapes and simple designs and I was also starting animating around that time so it was just easier and made more sense for her to have more anime related designs or animation related designs so that's that's kind of like the direction I went in to make all the characters very round very soft looking and that kind of thing so that's that's yeah it's just my art artistic journey that went into the design of Unhallowed. That's great. To continue on with the art, if you were going to have another artist join you to do, let's say, a guest issue or a special one-shot set in the world, who would you want to have as the special artist to work on Unhallowed? Anybody in the world or just like somebody that I know? Anybody in the world. As an example... Hunter Hunter had the artist of Tokyo Ghoul do a one-shot with Hisoka. Yeah, I'd like to work with the artist for the Saving Grace comic. Started with a B, I can't remember their name, but they, I really love their artwork. Really, really good. That's fun, that's great. It's always great to have a nice little collab between creators. Yeah. To bring the direction a little back, what's your target audience for the series? Good question. People who are like me, ideally, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I guess my target audience would be like my younger self, 13, 14 year old, very heavily into anime and manga, who are just looking for something a little bit different, you know, a little bit unique, something that isn't like all the stuff they've already read or seen, but is familiar enough to it that like it makes it easy for them to get into. A lot of artists tend to have this advice that they would want to give to aspiring creators and such. What advice would you have given yourself when you first started working on this series? Uh, Focus more on writing. I mean, it's tough because I feel like the direction that I took when learning how to make a comic was the correct direction, right? Which is to learn more about how to make manga, how to draw, how to that kind of thing. I guess maybe some advice is to work on your anatomy because I very much did not do that growing up. Now that I'm getting better as an artist, I'm finding that I need it more and more often uh, because having good anatomy, uh, anatomy, or at least a good understanding of anatomy or translation of it is what really makes a good artist from a bad artist, I'm finding. Obviously, needing to improve one's skill set is always important when working on a series. Absolutely. For everyone to also tends to have that one scene that they hold near and dear to their heart whether it's at the er- at the beginning of the series, near the end, or somewhere in between, there's always that one moment that artists will always point to and say, that was my favorite thing to draw. So far in your creative journey for Unhallowed, what's that scene for you? My favorite thing to draw for Unhallowed? The favorite, the favorite scene that you've drawn so far for Unhallowed, that moment. Hmm... Probably the introductory pages for the original one-shot were probably my favorite to draw. Really? Uh, th- yeah, they were very... It was the first time that I had ever done a scene like that. They were very energetic and cohesive, and they gave a lot of information very, very quickly. And it was, like I liked the compositions of them, and I kind of wish I kept it more like that when I redid the original first chapter. 
because I, I ended up changing some of the introduction and uh, it just it wasn't the same necessarily. So now is this for the rewrite of Unhallowed or are you speaking of Apollyon? I'm speaking of Unhallowed. Okay. So the original, yeah, the original storyboard that I did for the one shot for Unhallowed had an introductory scene where Arkin has got his personality on full display and then Zen is arguing with him with his personality on full display and then Alice gets involved with her personality on full display. And then you find out that they're having this like really loud, obnoxious discussion in the middle of a lesson in class. And so Mrs. Pines is there and she's like, you know, she is trying to ask them nicely to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. And then they don't. And so she throws chalk at them and hits them in the head. And it's pretty fun. It's pretty cute. And that's like a, a two page spread kind of situation. And in the uh, when the chapter one rain came around and I was redoing it, there was a lot of things that needed fixing in the overall chapter altogether but as a consequence i changed the scenario to make it a little more clear what i wanted to do was uh make the introduction more showing and less telling so you see arkin doing all the things that he was talking about in the original one shot but i think i lost something about it like magical about it along the way because i feel like the original gave a little insight into her into his personality that i didn't realize until much later once i was reviewing them both that I feel like it was just kind of stronger in the one shot than it was in chapter one. Not to say that chapter one is like bad or worse in that regard. It's just like that particular scene, I feel like is just not as strong. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Brings uh, It brings in a Keijo vibe when the teacher also threw the chalk at the other students sort of messing around in the background and not paying attention. Well, mm-hmm. saying saying the word throw isn't necessarily appropriate, but it's the same idea pay attention in yeah, class. I mean, it's very, yeah, it's very common. It's a very common anime trope where the teacher throws uh, chalk at the students. I believe it happens in The World God Only Knows. It happens in, I want to say, Great Teacher Onizuka. It happens in, in just a lot of different shows. It happens in a lot of different shows. Some kids catch the chalk. Some kids, you know, get hit by it. Some kids completely dodge it. It's, you know, it really depends on the series and how they want to handle it or what they want to say mm-hmm. uh, when that scene happens. That's great. <laughs> Very nice comedic moment that happens with a lot of the cast. Mm-hmm. How long do you think it takes you to complete a page from beginning to end? Um, it depends on how motivated I am that day. Historically, it's only taken me about four hours per page, mm-hmm. eight hours for a spread, I believe. And then, so that means I'm getting like two pages done a day, essentially, from working a full eight hour shift on it. But these days, it's harder to stay kind of like motivated and continue drawing. And I think it's just because like I've been spending a lot of time, a lot less time necessarily drawing, and a lot more time developing and doing dialogue and writing and that kind of thing. Like it, my energy is focused elsewhere so that when I do sit down and actually draw, I'm constantly thinking about getting back to that other thing. But once I actually get the motivation back up again, I'd say about four hours. That's very impressive. I understand that a lot of artists tend to take sometimes days on certain moments. Mm-hmm. Well, it only takes me about 10 to 20 minutes to storyboard a page. One hour max, generally speaking. I did uh, storyboard, I want to say 10 pages in four hours. I did that as an example. It was a Twitch stream. It was a showing Mangaka friend of mine. She wanted to know like what how it takes me to storyboard and that kind of thing because it takes her like a week to storyboard because she can't decide on anything. Mm-hmm. But for me, it took me like four hours to storyboard seven pages or seven to ten pages. Ah, wow, 
that's impressive yeah it's just a for me it was just a matter of like deciding beforehand what i needed and what the designs were right so it's like this thing happens in this scene, this thing happens in this scene, blah, blah, blah. Here are some of the camera choices and design choices and whatever that typically go to scenes that are like that one. And, though you know, it's like color matching, so to speak, right? It's like, oh, this color goes with this color, this color goes with this color, this scene goes with this camera angle, this emotion goes with this camera angle, this section of the page needs to be dedicated for this, this kind of action or emotion or something like that. So it was very much kind of like just uh, knowing what you had to work with and deciding what goes where as you're working on it. Mm, okay. Having a clear understanding of what you're doing and clear end game for it. Exactly. And I think uh, some people have issues with that because they don't think that far ahead or anything like that. Like they, they write the story, but as they're writing it, they're thinking about some of the scenes in maybe like book format or something like that. Or maybe they just don't have enough experience with either reading manga, watching anime, or like visual language in general. So when they're thinking about it, they're like, I don't know, where should I put the camera? You know, how should this look? Blah, blah, blah. And they're humming and hawing. And then they'll do the thing where they draw a line, control Z, draw a line, control Z, draw a line, control Z, right? Mm-hmm. And it, that really wastes a ton, a ton of time. And if you're just not worrying about any of that stuff and you have like a catalog of shots in your head already, strong visual library, and when you're drawing, you're not control Zing, like you can erase every once in a while, but ultimately you're just kind of going through the story and you're like, okay, this is the kind of shot that I'm going for. And then I'll clean it up later. That just makes the whole process. Because like the thing that takes the most time when people are working on pages is correcting mistakes that they've made. Mm-hmm. So if you just don't make mistakes or you do things ahead of time to avoid making mistakes, then you spend less time on the page overall and you just get more work done. Right, right. You know, it's like it's not about drawing faster or anything like that. Like pen speed isn't the thing necessarily, but it's just about like how many mistakes you make and how many mistakes you correct. Got you, got you. Now, being in the manga creator sphere, a lot of individual creators will throw out this hypothetical question or hypothetical idea of, if my series were to get an anime adaptation, yeah. which anime studio would you want to adapt on Hollowed? Well, Ufotable, for one, mm-hmm. would be great to have. Studio 4C would be another fantastic one, 40 degrees Celsius. I don't think they would necessarily do the best job at adapting the essence of Unhallowed, but I think they would do amazing when it comes to making an anime adaptation of Unhallowed, right? So it's like something with their own style and their own tone and their own mood and stuff like that. I think they would do fantastically. Now, if somebody were to make like a perfect one-to-one adaptation of Unhallowed, that might be, I would say, either, I don't want to say Puro, because I don't think they would do a very good job these days. uh, JC Shaft definitely wouldn't. Bones might. Bones might do a pretty good job. Production IG might do a pretty good job. Cloverworks would do a great job. A1. I think A1. I think if I were to have someone do an adaptation of Unhallowed that is the most like Unhallowed, that would be A1 Pictures. But if I want something completely unique and interesting, I would have to pick Ufotable or Studio 4C or uh, Bones as like a last ditch effort, right? Because Bones did like Mob Psycho. Interesting choices. That's great. Do you have anything to say to the people listening in? and aspiring creators on their works yeah get your shit done bro come on what are you doing <laughs> uh as direct as, as direct as you can be i love it thank you again for That's your time here all this is good this was a fun episode i look forward to next week when we cover something that i myself don't actually have as much history on 
because I've been, I will, you know, somewhat break character a little bit and say I've been around, actually, that, that well, Apollyon was actually uh, the first thing that I've encountered for you. And then yeah. from Apollyon to, I didn't get a chance to check out the one shot, but I was able to check out what you were doing with On Hollow. As I had mentioned before, I got a chance to actually see you draw these pages live for a while and I was, have you actually ever read unhallowed i've read a couple chapters i have yet to fully uh sit down and really binge what you've been able to create with the series mm -hmm. i was able to give it you know a good tertiary look and see what the series was about and i did have my curiosity because you know both my history in the series and my actually not really history with you either because at that point we had not met I only checked it out due to my own curiosity and wondering how, well, what would happen if this was the, you know, prototype series from the one publisher? And what would happen if they finally had a chance to not create a single scene for a series and actually give them a chance to fully develop a one shot and turn this into a series? Mm. Unfortunately, I couldn't find the one shot, but I was able to find what you did put out which uh, I'll link into, mm. or at least I'll put it in the show notes where you can find on Hollowed where it is currently right now. Yeah, probably as a bit.ly link because the uh, Manga Plus creators links are very mm -hmm. long. <laughs> I'm interested to see what you think about it, though. So if you if you do get around to reading it sometime, I'd be willing to hear your thoughts. Maybe we do it on a future podcast. That'd be great. Yeah. Because next episode, we're going to be covering another uh, interesting project that Hero is also working on. So please look forward to that, ladies oh, yeah. and gentlemen. And with that... I gotta say, thank you again. Ah, shalom, Easter.